you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Let's give him a sacrifice of praise in the house tonight. We can do better than that. Let's give him a sacrifice of praise in the house tonight. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know we're going a little out of order with the service schedule tonight, but we want to be sensitive to what the Lord wants to do in the house. I felt a shift just a moment ago. So we're going to jump right into it tonight. I don't want to lose the intensity of what God wants to do in this house, but I feel like that right now is the right moment for what the Lord has for us. The book of Matthew, chapter number 27 verses 59 and 60, Matthew 27, 59 and 60. I'm thankful for the spirit of the Lord that's in the room tonight. I'm thankful for everything that God did this morning. Are you thankful for what God has done in the house already? Matthew 27, verses 59 and 60. God dropped this in my spirit at about 445 this afternoon. Don't you love it when he does that? Matthew 27, verses 59 and 60. The church said, Amen. And when Joseph had taken the body, being Jesus, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth, and he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock, and he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. He rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. I want to preach to you from the word of the Lord what to do when the door is shut. What to do when the door is shut. Would you lift up your hands all over the house right now? Jesus, I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, church, lift up your voice. I thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Ghost that's in the room right now. I'm asking you, Jesus, let there be a divine release of the demonstration of the power of the Lord to sweep in this house. We release the gift of faith, miracles, signs and wonders in the house. Lord, we are yours tonight, and we want what you want. We thank you right now. And the church said, in Jesus' name, I want you to shake someone's hand and tell them what to do when the door is shut. can be seated. Why don't we put our hands together one more time and give him a great praise. We often associate closed doors with negative connotations. Being in the church, not only in the church, but in society, there's much talk about open doors, shut doors, locked doors. We celebrate the open doors, but rarely do we celebrate the, the doors that are shut before us. Have you ever been locked out of a door? You ever been locked out of your car, locked out of your home, locked out of your job? You recognize that what you desire is within your arms touch, yet it is unattainable. It is near to you, but it is far from you. Doors being locked brings a rush of emotions. Locked doors can bring you Anger. Locked doors can bring you frustration. Locked doors can bring you hopelessness. Locked doors can bring you a sense of finality. 
I'm talking about shut doors before you. Things that you hear like impossible. Words that you hear like terminal. Words that you hear like hopeless. But I submit to you tonight that with every shut door that there is purpose and potential behind the shut door that is set before you where terminal becomes temporary. Where impossible becomes possible. Where hopeless. Hear me tonight church. Where hopeless becomes hopeful. I tell you in the Holy Ghost that today has a gate been opened to you and you stand before the gate tonight with a decision. It's been shut to this point and what do I do now? I've been at the shut door for years and there hasn't been an opening. I've prayed the same prayer but nothing has happened. What do you do when the door is shut? When the doctor says that it's over when people have given up when you don't know where to go or or who to turn to what do you do when the door is shut can you hear me tonight what do I do what do I say where do I go second Kings chapter number seven tells us about a shut door and there were four um, leprous individuals at the entering in of the gate and they said one to another why sit we here until we die if we say that we will enter into the city then the famine is in the city and we will die but if we sit here we will die also therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians and if they save us we shall live and if they kill us we shall but die they begin to talk one to another as they begin to say we've been sick for years and the door to the city has been shut before us but there's nothing left behind us we can sit at the gate and die but there's provision out the other side of the shut door the Bible said as they begin to talk to each other that it come twilight that they got up and they went to the camp of the Syrians. And when they came into the Odom into the uttermost part of the camp that behold no people were present for the Lord hath made the host of the Syrians to hear a sound like chariots and a sound like horses and a sound like a great army and they said one to another that Israel has come against us here's what the word begins to say that as they hear the host of the enemy begin to come to them that there was none present beside them but rather what they heard was the sound from heaven that begins to show up to a people that are sitting behind the shut door. You hear me in the Holy Ghost tonight that shut doors will bring you provision but only when you make a decision. God will frustrate you to obedience to get you to act out and faith but I've come to ask you will you sit at the gate or will you go through the door I've come to tell you tonight that there is nothing shut before you but an invitation in the Holy Ghost don't stay here and die but it's time to walk through the door it's all hear me somebody it's time to walk through the gate when you go all in God goes all in What do I do when the door is shut? I've got to go all in. Oh, I know it looks impossible, but I'm going all in. I know what everybody has said about it, but I've got to, oh, are you awake tonight? I know what everybody said about it, but I've got to go all in. Oh, the shut door might have brought you the test, but it's building your testimony. You hear me tonight. There is nothing too great for my God. There is nothing too small for my God. That's why I praise the Lord because I know that I might be at the shut door but the door is only shut for a season. But there's provision out the other side. But the only way, what do I do when the door's shut? I've got to go all in.
I've got to go all in. That's why Matthew says, asking it and it shall be given. Seeking you will find it. Knocking it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And to him that seeketh you will find it. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened unto you. I've come to preach to a people that have been at the shut door for a season. You've been beating on the door and waiting for it to come to pass. But the word of the Lord has spoken. If you knock, it shall be opened unto you. The question is not what will happen, but when it will happen. In due season, you will reap your harvest, but only if you faint not. I know you've been knocking at the door with everything that you've got, but I've come to tell you, just one more knock. Just one more knock. Just one more. You're only going to knock for so long until the Lord begins to open to you the door that is shut. But when I knock in faith, I will reap in faith. You hear me tonight. You've been sowing. You've been sowing into it, saying, Lord, when will I reap the harvest? It's the law of the harvest. You will reap what you sowed, what you have sown in tears. You shall reap in joy. I've come to tell you, the door won't always be shut. The impossibility won't always be before you. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. You ought to put your hands together. I'm preaching about a shut door. In Acts chapter 5, it reads, And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. I'm talking about doors that people have shut before you, opportunities that have been shut, jobs that have been shut, connections that have been shut. But the enemy could have just escorted them into the prison house. But instead, the word said that he chose to touch them. He should have never done it because the word of the Lord said, touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. When the devil gets hands on, God gets hands on. You hear me right now. The devil won't ever put his hands on you without the Lord putting his hands back on you. You hear me right now. God is not under-equipped. He is not under-armed, but he's got everything you need to be able to deliver you out of the hand of your enemy. He's got everything you need to deliver you out of the prison cell, to bring you out of the hospital room, whatever you need. I've come to tell you right now, God is enough. This is what the word of the Lord said. But the angel of the Lord by night came and he opened up the prison door and he brought them forth and said, go stand in the temple and to the people I want you to begin to proclaim the words in the Bible said that when they heard it they entered into the temple early and they begin to teach the word and preach the word but the high priest came in and they called them under the council together in the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought but when the officers came the word said that the prison cell was empty they came to judge them but God came to deliver them and they came to accuse them but God came to set them free this is what the word said that that the prison truly found we shut with all safety the guards were there and the keepers in the prison doors in the prison chains but when we opened it we found no man within because when you find yourself locked behind the shut door there's another man in the fire with you and his name is Jesus Christ. You hear this preacher tonight. God will open what men have tried to shut. The devil wants to... The devil wants to bind your level of influence to just operating in your current circumstance. But there is expanded influence on the other side of your shut door. What do I do when the door is shut? Verse 27 says, And they brought them and set them before the council in the high priest and asked, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in the name 
name of Jesus. And didn't we tell you this? Then Peter and the other apostles, they squared their shoulders and pointed their toes. And this is what they said. We ought to obey God rather than to obey you men. When the door is shut, you've got to obey the voice of the Lord. When people are speaking against you, obey the voice of the Lord. I'm coming to give you keys to unlock the doors that are shut before you. I've come to tell you tonight that the door might be shut and it might have brought things before you, but it's bringing you an unlimited influence in the kingdom of God because your territory will be expanded through the trial and through the problem and through the impossibility. Here's what I've come to tell you. When the enemy has tried to bind you up and limit your level of influence in the Holy Ghost, and there's something that happens when your faith is tried by the fire, that it comes out the other side purer than gold. Likewise, when your faith is tried, you come out the other side stronger than you were when you came in, better than you were when you came in greater than you were when you came in. That's why the word of the Lord said that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony because after I've been through the fire, I've got to testify about the thing that God has done for me. I've come to tell you right now that every shut door before you uh, that God is giving you keys in the spirit uh, to open the door that is set before you uh, but all he can do is give you the keys uh, you've got to put them in the lock uh, and open the door for yourself uh, you hear me tonight uh, every spirit of complacency uh, every spirit of competition uh, every spirit my Every spirit that is coming against the church, it's to get you to do one thing and one thing only, and it's to live behind the shut door. When you live behind the shut door, uh, you live in the problem and not in the promise. Uh, when you live behind the shut door, uh, you live in the trial uh, but not in the provision of the Lord. Uh, when you live behind the shut door, uh, you live in the remnants uh, of things that you used to see uh, and prayers that you used to pray. Uh, but you settle for what used to be and not what is today. Uh, but I've come to tell you right now that there is an influx of the Holy Ghost that is coming to the people of God tonight uh, to try to shake you uh, by way of remembering uh, that you would recognize uh, that we said it this morning and I'll say it again tonight. Uh, what brought you here uh, will get you there. Uh, this is not the time to quit. Uh, this is not the time to lose your head. Uh, this is not the time to give up. Uh, this is not the time to be complacent. Y'all going to make me get off my notes tonight. Uh, this is not the time uh, to sit idly by Sunday after Sunday uh, and say, go ahead, uh, preach your sermon, uh, do your dance, and lead the songs, uh, and I'll just stay right here. Oh, we get comfortable behind the shut door. Uh, the shut door is what keeps you in your pew. Uh, the shut door is what keeps you in your seat. Uh, the shut door is what keeps you bound to your location. Uh, the shut door is what connects you to people. Uh, and you say, if you don't move, uh, I won't either. Uh, the shut door is what makes you comfortable. Uh, the shut door is what tells you in your spirit uh, that it's okay for another Sunday night to come and go. Uh, but it's just another Sunday service. I've come to open up the door tonight uh, and tell you uh, that there's more out the other side of the door. There is more out the other side of the door. So every spirit of settling uh, that makes it okay with us for and no more, it's got to go tonight. God bless you. I know that you've been in the church for 50 years and it's the way that it's always been. But you hear me, the church isn't going backwards, it's going forwards. We don't want to go back to the way it used to be. We want to go to the fulfillment of the promise that God is trying to take us to. 
I'm going to tell you what God is doing. It's old paths to new dimensions. It's old paths to new doorways that have been set before you. But like the leprous men, there's some people in here that you've said, you know what? It's been this way all the time. We go through the awakening and we get up on the high and then we fall out the other side. And I mentioned it this morning that what God wants to do is deliver us from the ideals of a conference mentality that the only time we have a move of God is when a guest speaker is present, when we advertise it on Facebook and Instagram. The only time, here's the problem. Here's the problem. When the only time that we decide to be apostolic is to make ourselves look good, then it becomes idolatry. That's all it's about. It becomes idolatry when the only time you shout is to impress your buddies at camp. It becomes idolatry that the only time you pray is when the prophet of God comes into town and you don't want them to call you out for your sin. It becomes idolatry when the only time that you dance is when you want pastor to leave you alone. It becomes idolatry because you get built up in the action instead of the God of the action. You hear this preacher tonight. It is idolatry. It is idolatry when the reason that we do what we do. Here's what the word of the Lord said. He said, man judges by the outward. You can fake people out. You can put on the suit and the tie and do your hair just right. Slick up your car, pull in like everything's all right. Throw a $20 bill in the plate and convince everybody in here. But the word of the Lord said, but God judges the intent of the heart. That's why it tells us to come before him with a broken and a contrite spirit. There's some people that can't handle being healthy. They can't handle the blessings of God. They can't handle because the only way that God can allow them to be saved is for them to constantly go through the trial. Because it's only in the trial that they find the altar. We have used God for too long as a last resort to problems in our life. Uh, you can smirk and ignore me all you want to. I'll walk back to you. We have used God as a crutch that the only times that we come to the altar uh, is just when everything is going wrong. Uh, but you hear me. Uh, the Bible said that he wants to take you from mountaintop to mountaintop and victory to victory. There's only one way to stay out of the valley, uh, and it's to enter into the house of God uh, with a broken and contrite spirit uh, in order just to say this, Lord, uh, I need you no matter what the circumstance is. Hungry people pray. Hungry people push. Hungry people fast. Hungry people worship. Hungry people shout amen. Hungry people. But you hear me. The Lord will only put the food in front of your face for so long until you say, no, I don't want to eat this. I want to wait and eat something else. If you're hungry enough, it doesn't matter what the meal is. You're going to eat what's put before you. Here's what I've got to ask you tonight. If you are not hungry, what have you filled your life up with? The entertainment of the world. Facebook, Instagram, uh, people that you're connecting to that's filled your life. Uh, that's why the word of the Lord said that the whole need not a physician uh, because in your mind you're healthy until you're not. Then we turn back to the Lord and say, oh, God, this is my moment. I'm never going to go back to the way it used to be. Oh, God, I'm asking you to heal me and to set me free and deliver me. And, oh, Jesus, I'm never going back to it. And you never go back to it until everything's okay. The problem is, is that we've quit reminding ourselves by way of remembrance of the things that God has brought us out of. Because if you remembered what God brought you out of, you'd be able to see what God's trying to bring you into. When I begin to look over my life and see the trial, but I see the faithfulness of God. I see the sicknesses, but I see the miracle working power of the Holy Ghost in my life. That's why we've got to worship. That's why we've got to shout. But you hear me right now. There has been so much resistance from just simply stepping into what the Lord wants us to. We worship because of the knowledge, not because of the feeling. Every lie of the enemy that says just follow your heart, don't follow your heart. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all else who can know it. We worship because of the knowledge of Christ, not the feeling of Christ. 
Some people said, there's an old person, I, I guess I can say it because they don't go here anymore. Uh, they said, well, I'll only dance when the Lord picks me up and down and spins me like a top. That's not biblical. I'm only going to run the aisles uh, when the Lord gets out and kicks me right in the hinder parts and says, run. I wish he'd do it to some people. But it's not biblical. It's a pre it's a premeditated response to what am I willing to do when I begin to get into the presence of God. You hear me right now. I'm off my notes and I'd love to move on, but I can't move on until you hear what I'm saying. Hey, I preached an hour this morning. I guess I can do it again tonight. I don't want to. You hear me. It is a premeditated response to what am I willing to do when I get into the presence of God. You have to make up your mind before you ever get into the fire what you're going to do. You have to make up your mind. Hear me right now. It rains on the just and the unjust. Uh, you will always come into contact with shut doors. Uh, the question is not if the door will ever be shut, but what will you do when the door is shut before you? It's what the Lord told me this afternoon. He said that there's a lot of people in the room that you've had shut doors before you. And because of history that you've given up. You've just been totally content with allowing the door to be shut. Some of y'all would just assume that pastor not have Sunday night and just go to one service because Sunday nights have been an uphill climb. Some of y'all would just assume go to a 2 p.m. service. You're laughing because I'm talking about you. Some of y'all would just assume that you, he goes to a 2 p.m. just so you can get a little bit of rest and then you can go to bed early because you got to turn around and get up for work. You hear me tonight. The world is so desperate for this generation that they're working the midnight shift and the morning shift and the afternoon shift and the evening shift and they're doing it all over again because they're so desperate to try to reach into the church and pull people out. God help us when the world is more desperate for a move than the church is. I'm telling you right now, you've got more power than the world does. But if you were as desperate as them, there wouldn't be a church that could contain the revival that God would send. I'm telling you right now that the world is so desperate for our young people that they're trying to tell them that it's okay. You can just go in and just have a sex change and that'll be all right because God didn't make you like you were supposed to be. The world is so desperate for our young people that they literally are putting pornography on all kind of different facets that our young people have that our young people have access to because the devil wants nothing more than to rid us of our purity. You got to hang on to your purity. You got to hang on to it. Do any adults truly believe that our young people need to hang on to their purity tonight? Okay, then hang on just a second. You believe that the young people should hang on to their sexual purity. But where is your purity of the spirit that is unadulterated and unfiltered because just as important as their moral purity is our spiritual purity. You hear me right now. You've got a spiritual purity that God wants you to walk in. But every time we come in and our response is based off of songs and rhythms and sermons and beats and we come in, you hear me. If the only reason that you dance is because you like the song, just go on to the club because you can do that there. But we worship in the spirit and truth. You hear me, I'm talking about shut doors. Here's what the word of the Lord said. Now about the time that Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, he killed James the brother of John with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in the prison and delivered him. And the Bible said that he was intending on Easter to bring him forth to the people. It is doors that have been shut before us because of societal normals and cultures. It's doors that have been shut before the church because they tell us that we ought to not be who we are, preach like we do, shout like we do, run like we do, dance like we do. Come on, somebody. Pray like we do, fast like we do. Did I get the address wrong? 
I don't think I was at the Wesleyan Church tonight. Here's what I'm trying to tell you right now. It's societal norms uh, that are trying to shut doors before the church. Uh, but here's the problem, uh, that the world cannot shut doors that they never opened. They can't do it. That's why the word of the Lord said, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Because shut doors are no match for a praying and consecrated church. I'm talking about the prayers of the church that can open up the doors and open up the eyes and release the chains of bondage. And when Herod would have brought him forth uh, the same night, Peter, the Bible said he was asleep between two soldiers. He was chained hand and foot, and then there was another soldier that was out at the gate making sure that he didn't get through. He was surrounded on all sides. Isn't that where the church has been? Uh, surrounded by the local government and the state government. Come on, somebody, in the federal government uh, that wants to try to limit what we can do, how we can shout, what we can preach, uh, what we can and can't say in the pulpit. Uh, there's never been a better time to preach it straight than there is right now. Come on. Come on, this is the time to call black, black, and white, white. Uh, we believe in holiness, separation, praise, and worship, uh, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, uh, that men should be men and women should be women. We believe that every life matters to the Lord. We don't believe in aborting it, but we believe that life is a sacred thing to the Lord. That's why he said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This is who we are. But this is what Peter was up against. He was caught in between the two guards, surrounded on all sides with nowhere to go. But the word of the Lord said that it was when Peter was surrounded on all sides that the angel of the Lord begins to step into the prison cell to where Peter was. And now, if you could begin to open up your mind's eye tonight, you would see that in one little prison cell that there were three men and one angel, but only one man saw the angel. The other two remained asleep while one had an encounter with an angel that was present. I asked God, I said, Lord, why is it that they couldn't see it? And the Lord told me this. He said, the supernatural is around you every day. Angelic visitation is around you every day. The working of miracles is around you every day. Open doors is around you every day. I said, then Lord, what is it? He said, my people have been so turned off to the things of the spirit that they only see through the natural eye and not through the spiritual eye. He said, if they open up their spiritual eyes, they would understand that the miracle is closer to them than what they recognize. Deliverance is closer to you than what you recognize. Freedom is closer to you than what you recognize. The open door is closer to you than what you recognize. Same prison, one person sees it, two people don't. But the angel of the Lord, this is what he said. Here's what he said. Behold, the angel of the Lord came into him, and a light shined into the prison. And it smote Peter on the side and raised him up. And he said, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. The angel said, Get up and move. And when he got up and moved, would you know that the chains fell? The problem is we won't move until the chains fall. But if you move, the chains will fall. You hear me right now. Somebody's waiting on the chains to fall before you start making a move towards God. Uh, you're waiting on the door to open before you start putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, waiting on the sea to part uh, before you start walking through on dry ground. But like and under the children of Israel, it wasn't until they put their foot in the water that the water started to part before. What do you do when the door is shut? You start walking to it. What do you do when the door is shut before you? Uh, you walk in prophetic anticipation uh, that it will not always be that the way that it is. Uh, but if God shut it, then he must have the key to open it. I said if God shut it, he must have the key to open it. Uh, the chains were loosed, uh, but Peter had to make the decision to get up uh, and follow what God was doing in the hour. Uh, your chains have been loosed, uh, but you've got to make the decision to get up uh, and to follow the visitation of the Holy Ghost. 
The Bible said he went out and he followed him. It's not that it was true that it was done by the angel because he thought he saw a vision. He said that he didn't even know what he was seeing. It was almost like when he said, whether I be in the body or out of the body, I know not. But this is what I do know, that God is not limited to man's perception of what reality is. When you begin to open up your mind's eye to begin to understand that by faith that God knows no impossibility, then the chains of reality begin to fall and you begin to comprehend that God has the ability to create a miracle where nothing used to exist. That's why we believe that God can heal cancer. God can heal kidney failure. God can heal heart disease. God can heal diabetes. It's a creative miracle. That's what it said, that he didn't even know what was going on. They passed the first... Uh, Lord, they came into the iron gate that led into the city and the Bible said that the gate opened on its own accord. Nobody opened it, it was God that opened it uh, because when God gets ready to make a way of escape uh, he'll open up doors that no men can shut. You hear me right now, uh, what do you do when the door is shut? You trust the Lord uh, that it's opening in the timing of God. There is the timing of God that is for you. God is for you and not against you. God is on your side. He is not set against you. All right. And this is what it said that he opened it and he walked out into the street and that the angel departed from him. And when Peter came to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod in the expectation of the Jews because it's only God that shut the door and it's only God that opens the door. Here's what Revelation chapter 3 said. And the angel of the church said, to, uh, and the angel of the church in Philadelphia wrote this uh, that these things said he that is holy he that is true he that hath the key someone shout the key the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth. He that shutteth and no man openeth. I know the works, behold, I have set before you an open door. Someone shout the open door. And no man can shut it, for thou hast little strength and hast kept my word and has not denied my name. This is what the Lord was saying, that I have not left you and I have not forsaken you. But you hear me right now. To the person that's in the room that the door is shut, what do I do now? You prepare yourself for angelic visitation to begin to usher you through the door into a new dimension that God has set before you. You hear me right now. Some people are doubting, saying, man, what are you talking about, angels and all of these things? That doesn't happen anymore. I bind your lying tongue right now in the name of Jesus. God is more active today than he's ever been. He is more active today than he's ever been. Someone said, well, I don't think that God really sends angels anymore. I'm coming up on the, what is it, the 11th anniversary of the wreck I had. Uh, September 5th, 2011. I can remember as the truck was turning, hearing a voice beginning to, to speak to me, to tell me to just hang on, everything would be okay. I remember as I came to upside down in the truck, there was no way out, but God literally physically translated me out of the truck and into the field because that's the kind of God that we serve. Someone said, what if the door is shut? God will make a way to translate you into the new dimension that he has set before you. I remember when people came to me and they started to yell at me and scream at me and I didn't know what was happening. All of a sudden this big old giant guy, almost seven foot tall, stepped over me and he began to fight the battle on my behalf. In the middle of uncertainty, I didn't even know what was going on. All I heard him was saying, you need to leave him be. One guy said, no, you need to back off. He said, you're not going to get to him unless you get through me. That's what God is sending his angels to do is to fight the battle on your behalf. It's to open the door on your behalf. Uh, you said, I've used every key I've got and I don't know what to do. Uh, need I remind you that in John chapter 10, he said, I am the door. Someone said, what if the door is shut? Don't worry about if the door is shut because he said, I am the door. And the door will open in the timing of God because he is the door and he has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. This is what I remember. 
I was sitting there knowing that the man would likely die. I was sitting there shaking, panicking because of what I just experienced. Uh, the man came back behind me and put his hand on me. My mom and dad, Danny and Cheryl, drove up to the accident scene. They got up, they ran over to me, and he hugged me. And I turned around and said, Dad, this guy's been here with me the entire time. I know that a lot of you have heard this, but some of you need to hear it again because you're doubting what God's able to do for his people. I remember I turned, I said, Dad, this guy's been with me the entire time. He turned, he said, man, thank you. He said, why would you be here? The man said, it's just what I do. I said, who are you? He said, it doesn't matter who I am. And the man puts his hand on my shoulder. He looks me in the eye, and in the same words that I heard in the midst of an accident, he speaks this thing, just hang on, everything will be okay. And all of a sudden, something clicked in my spirit that when I thought that I was alone behind the shut door, that there was somebody going through the trial with me. There was somebody that was present in the circumstance. You hear me? I'm talking about, listen, I'm taller than most of you, but I had to look straight up to look him eye to eye. I'm talking the man was over seven feet tall. I looked back at dad. I said, man, what an incredible guy. No houses, no trees, no cars, no trucks, no anything. Look, said, isn't this incredible? Look back and the seven-foot man completely vanished into the air, gone. I looked at dad. He looked at me. I said, what just happened? He said, I, I don't know. And then he said, Gentry, this was the angel of the Lord that was on site for you today. I remember I went back and I looked at the truck. I'd been over at the Hopper's house in Kokomo. They, I believe they towed the truck back into Kokomo. We went over to go and see it. It was crippled up, couldn't hardly walk. Many of you could probably go back to that time. And I remember I walked in and I looked. I opened up the door of that truck and right above my hand, there were two fists that just went. There's a round circle here. And there's a round circle there, and it was the only part of the roof that wasn't caved in. Am I lying? Every part of the roof was totally caved in that if I would have been sitting in any other seat, it would have killed me. But right exactly where I was sitting, it was like someone put two hands up and blocked what the enemy was trying to do. I remember months later, man, I was going through the trial of my life, facing a lawsuit, didn't know what was going to come out of it, was afraid of what the future would hold. I remember I crawled out to the church one night, got down, it was about 3 a.m., and I began to pray, and I said, Lord, why have you left me by, your, by myself? I said, God, the door is shut. I'm waiting on a door to open up. God, will you open up the door? for me to see the fruition that you'll bring me through this trial. And I remember clear as a bell, the Lord spoke this. He said, you've never been by yourself one time. I stopped. I said, Lord, what are you talking about? He said, I sent the angel of the Lord into that vehicle with you through the darkest time of your life. Uh, he said, in the hospital, my angel was present. Uh, when you were suicidal, my angel was present. Uh, he said, you stand before the door tonight asking me to open up. Uh, he said, but this is what you must understand. I am the door. The only way to walk through the door is to understand that you've got to come to me. Somebody just missed what I said tonight. That the only way to walk through the door is to understand that Christ is the door. Somebody said, I'm waiting on a door to open. You're not waiting on a door to open. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning from the ending. He said, I go to prepare for you an expected end. Your end was expected before the trial that you walk through. This is what you must understand about the Lord. That God does not work in the timing that you and I do. But rather what God has done is he's allowed frustration. He has allowed frustration and problem and sickness and trial. That you have looked before you and said, Lord, the door is shut. You have looked through your natural eyes and the only thing that you have seen is the shut door. But the word of the Lord has come to me to tell you tonight uh, that you see a shut door through natural eyes. Uh, but when he said in the book of Revelation chapter number 3, I am the door. Uh, he said, you're not looking at the door, you're looking at me. You're not looking at the door. You're looking at me. What you thought was impossible becomes possible. What you thought was terminal now becomes temporal. When you begin to shift your level of understanding and thinking to comprehend that the Almighty God has said, no, what you called the trial was really me. 
we have blamed the devil for too long for things that have happened. But you understand this, that the devil could not touch Job until God gave express permission for it to begin to happen. You hear me right now, what you have been angry at God for, God is trying to use to save your family. What you have been angry at God for, God is trying to use to pull you back into him. Because we have tried to find a way to open the door. We connected with people on Facebook thinking that doors would open. We switched jobs thinking that doors would open. Uh, we try to go to different churches thinking that the door would open. We, 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 we've tried everything that you could imagine thinking that the door would open. All the while to try to understand that the door was Christ the entire time. What do I do when the door is shut? I run to the door because the door is Christ Jesus. I want you to stand to your feet and lift your hands all over the house. Right now, in the name of Jesus, let your eyes be open to the Spirit. Somebody lift up your voice all over the house. Let your eyes be open to the Spirit to recognize what you are up against. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through Christ to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down all imaginations, everything that has exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ. I've come tonight to give you the key to every door that's been shut before you for you to understand in the Holy Ghost that the key to opening up the door that is set before you is that no matter what door is shut that it leads you to Christ it leads you to holiness it leads you to prayer. It leads you to consecration. It leads you to fasting. It leads you to purity. It leads you to the house of God. Watching online church isn't going to cut it. But what God is trying to do through the door is to lead you into where he is. Here's what the word of the Lord said. It said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's in the shadow of the Almighty that we find ourselves alone. But it's through the loneliness that you felt behind the shut door that God is saying, I'm drawing you into secret places with me. Here's what I want to do all over the house. I want you to grab the hand of your neighbor and let's come down to the altar together. Music team, you can come. I know I haven't given you much to work with tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Here's what the Lord's showing me right now. If you're in the room today and you've been waiting on the door to open, I want you to throw both hands in the air. You've been waiting on a door to open, whether it's financial, physical, mental, all over the house. If you've been waiting on the door to open, I want you to come and line up across the front tonight. If you've been waiting on the door to open. Come and line up across the front. Let's move quickly. Move quickly. Been waiting on the door to open tonight. The biggest trick of the enemy when you come into contact with the shut door is that through the attacks of your mind is to get you to be comfortable staying behind the door. But what God's trying to do is to tell you that there's life out the other side of it. But you gotta get to the Lord tonight. You gotta press into the Lord tonight. When you press into Christ, the door is open because the door is Christ. But what has happened is because of frustration, we've allowed shut doors to push us down toxic habits, unhealthy paths, things that God never intended for us to dabble in. But it was because of the short door. Rather, it was because of the shut door that we begin to dabble in things that God never intended for. 
no matter what trial or adversity you face, you're either going to let it pull you down the right one or push you down the wrong one. But there's the door that's open before you tonight, and God's saying that I want you to come in to the door. Here's what I want to do all over the house. If you're in the front and you said that you've been waiting for the door to open, I want you to throw your hands in the air. Maybe some saints, some preachers, some people of faith would come and join your faith with these tonight. And here's what I want to do all over the house. I know that every family, every couple, every situation tonight, there's many situations that are in the house tonight. And if we were all honest, there's probably a door before each of us that we view to shut. But this is nothing more than the potential for God to do the greatest miracle that he's ever done. But we've got to let it draw us into the things of the Lord. I want you to throw your hands in the air by the authority of the word of God, by the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your eyes be open to the things of the Spirit tonight to recognize that what you're facing is not people. What you're facing is not the enemy. What you're facing is not shut doors, but rather is an opportunity for you to come to the knowledge of Christ tonight to understand that God is set before you in your trial. Come on, in the middle of your storm, he's walking across the water. In the middle of the fiery furnace, uh, he's in the fire with you. Uh, in the middle of the biggest trouble and problem, of your life. God is present with you and he's present to do a miracle for you. Come on, lift up your hands. Somebody begin to lift up your voice all over the house tonight. Somebody begin to lift up your voice all over the house. tonight is a physical door. It's a physical thing. It's, it's a healing that you need in your body. I want you to lift up your hands right now. You need healing in your body. There's one, there's two, three, four, five, six, seven. You need a physical miracle tonight. I want somebody to join your faith with them right now. I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost that God's about to do a physical miracle in the house tonight just so his people would believe. Would you lay your hands on somebody right now? You need a physical miracle. Or your miracle is connected to a physical need. I want you to throw your hands in the air right now. And by the authority of the word of God, I command healing virtue to flow into your body right now. The healing virtue of the Lord to begin to flow over.